Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. From the production studios of Epic Financial Strategies here in Red Bank, New Jersey, we are Infinity X giving a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of creating infinite sales opportunities by hearing from thought leaders, entrepreneurs, professionals, leaders in their industries. And folks, tonight is absolutely no different. We are joined by somebody who I've had the real distinct pleasure of getting to know uh, on a limited basis over the past uh, month. Uh, this is Randy Ostro, folks. Randy, how are you this evening? Doing fantastic, David. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And it's my pleasure to be here. Wonderful. And folks, as always, replay on WeAreInfinityX.com. We are InfinityX YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and all the different verticals that we have association with. And so, <clears throat> again, this is Randy Ostro, and his story is absolutely remarkable. Um, multiple different verticals that he's operated at an incredibly high level in uh, thought leader and relationships with, you know, people, centers of influence, entrepreneurs, people that, you know, you folks would want to have the opportunity to have exposure to. But Randy, I always love to know the journey I, in the pursuit of human excellence. I always want to understand the journey. So yeah. where did it, where did it all start for you, my friend? Where are you from and where did you grow up? First of all, is the volume okay, David? Uh, I can hear you perfectly, my friend. Okay. So it all started in July of 1969. A little baby boy with red hair and blue eyes was born. He came out screaming and he's been screaming for 52 years. Woo! And it's an interesting question because as a kid, I recognized very early that having red hair and blue eyes and a big mouth could be a, a blessing and a curse because <laughs> if me and my friends were up to no good, it was very easy for them to go, oh, it's the guy with the red hair. <laughs> right. But what I also realized was that I was memorable. Mm. And what I recognized about 20 years ago, in 2000, about 22 years ago, was that most professionals, and my focus was in financial services, while they were really good, let's say it was insurance, running illustrations or doing the numbers, that didn't necessarily mean that they were good at being memorable mm. or staying in touch with people in a heartfelt way. So I think that that's kind of where my journey begins and ends is that showing up differently and being memorable can be a difference maker in so many different realms of life. Incredible. And folks, by the way, if you have a question for Randy at any point, please feel free to put it into the chat. I'll be happy to get to it and have Randy answer the question very eloquently, but also uh, just be, be prepared because this is a ball of fire, folks. So this is going to be a, a lot of fun. Um, and, so, and so, Randy, what part of the country are you from? I'm originally from Long Island, New York. Mm -hmm. I grew up on the South Shore. I went to Lawrence High School. I then went to Ithaca College in upstate New York, yeah. graduated there in 1991. Moved back home, spent some time in NYC, uh, working in the garment center, learning how to sell, learning the importance of relationships and what it meant to have the say do principle. Whatever it is that I say, I also do. I learned that from the streets, 40th Street and 7th Avenue, as much as it was a interesting business at the time in the early 90s if you said something you also did that and that taught me the foundation and then uh i spent about five years in the suburbs of philly from 95 until 2000 and then uh moved down to florida january 21st of 2000 so we've been here i don't know 22 and a half years and this is where we raise our family kids are so my son's in college. My daughter's graduating next month and going to college. So that's kind of my uh, journey. Looks like your, your son is a hooper there too, I, I can see. He's on his way to being a, a coach. He, is, uh, he was a hooper in high school. He had a nice high school career. And in college, he is a student manager at his school. And when he graduates in uh, 
I guess it's a year from May, he's hoping to become a graduate assistant at a division one program. And we've already got some, he's developed a real niche for himself, um, scouting and uh, film. So he's, he's always had a passion, which is beautiful. And he's following his passion. That's incredible. That's incredible. And you know, like I, I have an affinity for basketball. My partner, Rob Gill has a massive affinity for basketball. Actually, um, by marriage, um, Rob has a relationship and, and, and like a family relationship with uh, coach Bob Hurley. And wow. yeah. And, and um, Rob was able, you know, again, proximity, you said it yourself. It's such a powerful thing. And Rob is doing a, a, a tremendous amount of work with a, with a local and it's, and it's all volunteer, right? It's, you know, everything, everything is centered around, adding value to kids, right? right? And adding value to the community. He's doing a lot. He's spending a lot of time at a place up here in New Jersey called the Fort. And it's headed up by a coach by the name of Shempy, who is just really, really doing great things for kids. You know, like it's a, it's like the AAU space, yeah. but it's, you know, it's keeping kids involved who maybe could have qualified for varsity, but it's very competitive. But anyway, I share that because um, they, they brought coach Hurley in to coach some of the kids um, a couple of weeks back. And, um, you know, Rob always puts out a couple of, you know, golden nuggets, but um, you know, what, uh, what coach Hurley, you know, shares is that, you know, listen, when you're in the high school level, it's all about the passion. It's all about the youth, right? It's not about the dollar, but it's about what he can create for those kids. Yeah. So I love that. Uh, I love that Ben's going into that. I think that's incredible. Listen, um, David, he came out and at a, at a very young age, he had an affinity for basketball. And in 2006, when he was like five and a half years old, the Miami Heat, we happened to be in the American Airlines arena when they went on that first championship run. In fact, there's a picture right back there. Oh, yeah. So from that point forward, we, we've been locked and loaded and the Heat are they're looking good right now. Hopefully yeah, they we'll are. Then, we'll do what we need to do with Philly, and then we'll move on. Well, so let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, you know, Embiid being out, we'll see. You know, but with with the Heat, you know, mm-hmm. the Heatles, right? You know, I mean, the Heatles was the LeBron and Bosh and Wade. This team, I mean, listen, Jimmy Butler is a dog, right? He's a dog, and he gets every single ounce out of what he his athletic ability of as much as any player that I've seen in the pros, but they're, they're a group of, I mean, listen, Tyler hero is special, I believe, you know, but they're all special. I, I, in their own incredible, unique way together, that's a team, you know? That's and it's, well, that's what we were talking about today, David and yeah. leadership. I had the privilege of being on a, uh, uh, a discussion a couple of weeks ago with a man by the name of Jason Van Camp. Mm-hmm. Jason is a Navy seal who in 2007 almost died in Iraq, uh, they were on a mission to get one of the leaders of the Taliban and they had it perfectly planned out. I don't want to do a disservice to his story. He's just written his second book, mm-hmm. but I was on a call and they got ambushed. His face got blown up. I mean, he almost died. He had 40 surgeries, I believe. But wow. what he taught was that in the Navy SEALs, everyone's a leader. Mm-hmm. And now Jason in his next career, he's a corporate speaker and he'll go into a company. Let's say there's 200 people in the room and say, I'd like all the leaders to stand up and only upper management stands up. And his, his reaction is, well, wait a second, everybody in this room is a leader. And when you look at the Miami heat, yes, it's the team. Yes. It's the collective effort. But if you look at each of these guys, they're all leaders in their own way. And that's where I spend a lot of my time these days is surrounding myself with leaders because there's so much wisdom out there. And so many of the leaders out there are willing to share that wisdom. I used to spend a lot of time talking to my, you know, friends from high school about goofiness Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to replace, let's say that 90 minutes a week with talking with a best-selling author or a leader. And uh, it's, it's serving me well. That's incredible. Folks, we are Infinity X, stage and microphone with human excellence. This is Randy Ostro. And so, Randy, after when you when you graduated Ithaca, because you went from there into the garment district. And that is, listen, I've spent a lot of time in New York City. I'm very aware of what that looks like. And yeah, uh, that's a that's 
that's a challenging area to build a sales practice. But did you know that that's what you wanted to do after you graduated from, from college? No, no. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> all right. Like we're going to be radically candid, right? That's what oh. we're talking about here. Radical candor right. and honesty. Right. Um, no, I graduated from Ithaca and I went across country with a friend of mine, spent the summer in Pacific beach in California, San Diego, got home and, uh, I wasn't actually planning on talking about this, but the day that I got home, uh, I went back to my mom's house. My parents were divorced. And that day I woke up because I came home on the uh, red eye. I was like 21. It was August of 1991. Mm -hmm. And my dad came and picked me up and we went to the Oceanside Diner on Long Beach Road. Uh, And that day my dad told me he had cancer. Oh, And he had been diagnosed with cancer before my graduation in May, but he didn't want to ruin my summer by telling me. But to go back to your point about the question, one day I was sleeping at my mom's and the phone rang and I picked up the phone. I was like, hello. And it was this older man on the phone. And I was like, who is this? And he goes, it's, I'm asking the questions. It's Julie Bernstein. And I was like, wow. He's like, I forgot the man's name. He's like, Saul just died. I need a salesman. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, get on the Long Island Railroad and come to see me. So I got on the Long Island Railroad the next day. I got off at 34th Street and 7th Avenue. I walked to uh, 40th between 7th and 8th. And I started my career in the garment center. I took the place of a man that walked those streets for 40 years and died. And I wasn't really a salesperson because... I was walking into his accounts, but what I was, was a guy who had to replace someone that was loved. Can we, can we pause there one second, folks pay copious, take copious notes and pay specific attention to this because anybody who is, look, anybody who's in the business of either buying businesses or taking over businesses or merging with businesses, Uh, In any type of vertical, particularly in sales, what Randy just said there is unbelievably critical. I want you to listen and hear the journey here of how he approached taking over a 40-year relationship in a very highly, highly competitive arena. I mean, like ridiculously competitive in the heart of Manhattan, right? Anybody who knows that district knows how how rugged that it is. So, Randy, I'm so I'm so excited to hear what, what was that like? Yeah. No, it was interesting because I walked in and he had maybe, I don't know, a dozen accounts, not more, but they were big accounts. They were big, important accounts to the company. And I think the reason that I was chosen to get the job was not because of anything other than Julie was my dad's friend from Temple growing up on Long Island. I would see him on the high holidays he'd shake my hand. I'd come away with a $20 bill (laughs) and he was always very successful and he trusted me. So he said, okay, Irving was his name. Irving is gone. He's dead. There's nothing we can do about that, but we have these accounts and I need somebody trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Randy is, he has no experience. He graduated from Ithaca college with a degree in sociology and he's a likable guy. So what I ended up doing was every day I would walk from my office and I would do like two loops, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I would go to the customers and I would build relationship, not only with the, the buyer who had the pen that could sign the orders, but the people around the office and Hey, it's Randy. And I learned the importance of, like I said before, doing what you say, you tell somebody you're going to be back in an hour. You come back in an hour. And by the way, if you get delayed, call them, oh, let them know yes. or send a text, right? It's right. all about managing expectations. And frankly, David, if I had to do it all over again, I probably would have been a communications major in college, mm-hmm. not because I want to be in broadcasting, but because I think everything is about communication. Amen. Absolutely. Folks. Uh, we are infinity X replay on we are infinity X.com. We are infinity X YouTube. So Randy, you, you did that <clears throat> for four years, right? 
what would you say if if there was if there was a style of sale? And by the way, that was I I, I heard because I spent a good amount of time personally in the business to business space and 401k and health insurance and those types of things. And to your point, when you go into a company, everybody needs to know your name and you need to execute and do what you say that you're going to do. Um, So I heard consultative relationship development there, but you know, what, you know, what would you say if you could equate it to a specific style of, of, of selling, what, what was, what was that? And what did you take away from that, that you applied to your next, uh, your the next step in your career? The Garmin Center you're talking about yeah, specifically. Correct. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with the product. It has nothing to do with the service. We were selling shipping hangers. And I don't mean the kind of hangers that go in your closet. I mean, when a woman's um, summer dress was manufactured and they had to ship it on a very inexpensive plastic hanger at the time, five and a half cents. Okay. If somebody came in, at five and a quarter cents or five cents, it wasn't about that. It was about the relationship. And no matter where you go in business, I have found that it's not about the product. And I've had the great fortune of being associated with some incredible consumer products and also companies that provide amazing service. But at the end of the day, it's always about the people every time. And by the way, that's why we're on the phone. Absolutely. I believe in you. I've seen Rob. I believe in Rob, right? If, if it was somebody else, I'd pass on things like this because it's all about the people. So that's the answer. That's incredible. That's and Randy, I'm honored and blessed and I can't thank you enough. Please, uh, I thank you. Real pleasure getting to know. Hey, I have a question for you. Sure. Were you doing the handwritten notes back then? Yeah. So folks, so I asked that question and I want Randy to dive a little bit deeper. Listen to what I am saying, relationship and sales development people. Listen to what I'm about to say, because this blew the top of the back of my head off. Mm -hmm. So, and I've seen, I've seen this in the past, but nobody executes on what I'm about to share. So the first time I met Randy, um, we had a nice, uh, nice phone conversation about a month and a half, uh, two months ago. Uh, And one of the things that Randy referred to is that he was going to send me a recap of, of, of our conversation. Um, and, you know, he also asked for my mailing address. And I said, oh, no way. I said, no way. Two days later, there's a UPS delivery to my home in New York. And it was a handwritten memo of a, a very thoughtful, um, heart-centered handwritten memo with some other material um, and uh, and a, and a terrific book that I've just broken uh, broken ground on, um, but um, it recapped exactly what we were discussing, right? And I I that just I've seen handwritten memos in the past. I've been a believer that you handwrite holiday cards. I'm I'm a believer, in, in, you know, in that without question. Mm-hmm. But in the world that we're operating in today, that is as unique. As because everybody is out there, you know, trying to automate and text and all these different things. Mm -hmm. So what was the evolution for you and why have you stuck to that? Simplest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to sleepaway camp as a kid. And I wrote my parents letters Mm -hmm. and I was different than the average kid because in 1978 or 79, it was uncommon to come from a divorced household on Long Island. I was one of the few, not the many. But when it was time to write notes from camp, I wrote notes. I wrote real notes. Like I remember having bunk mates who would just like and stick it in the envelope. And I would like sit there and taking my time, like thinking about like others, mm-hmm. people I love. Yep. And uh, it stuck when I, when I was a, um, after my freshman year, 1987, 88, I came home. Uh, I haven't told this story in a really long time. I came <laughs> home and I, I wanted to get a summer job, but I wanted to be in sports marketing. So I reached out to a company that some people may even remember called Madison sports management. Sure. It was this company in Forest Hills, Queens, and they were a small like autograph house where you could buy memorabilia and stuff. Sure. And I found out the name of the owner of the company. 
Joe, I forgot his last name. And uh, I wrote him a handwritten note, but before I mailed it, I went to Morton's in Cedarhurst and I bought a baseball and I signed it. And I told him in my note that someday the ball would be worth something. And that got me an interview and it got me my summer job. And ever since the handwritten note, in my opinion, is a weapon of mass destruction if you're in sales. Because if you use a handwritten note properly, you have a client for life. And what I mean by that is the note is not about, oh, we're going to run an in-force illustration or, oh, you're, you're Dow Jones. No, yeah. the handwritten note is, as David Meltzer would say, one of my mentors, be more interested than interesting. What is that note about? That note is about the loved ones. That note is about the family. I work with a lot of people in financial services, and I think that people miss it all the time because they're so interested in going and getting new client, new client, new client. In the meantime, right under your nose, you have a client that has children and grandchildren and a CPA and an estate attorney. And right there, if we spent a little bit more time nurturing a lot of things fall into place. So I have found the handwritten note today, especially where everything is so automated. Right. People have told me it's a personal touch in the digital age. Absolutely. And oh. when someone goes to their mailbox today, David, and they reach in and someone took the time to write a note that was thoughtful. I don't know why more people don't do it. And frankly, I'll be totally radically candid candid with you tonight Mm -hmm. my business my handwritten note business that side of my business hasn't taken off to the degree that i thought that it would because people are lazy to write one note a day you would think is something that would be easy and i even offer ghostwriting services not that i'm promoting it tonight but my point is people are very lazy and and additionally most people don't know how to really write a good note. They know what they want to say in their mind, but articulating it in the form of the written word, it's hard because if you want to express gratitude, it takes humility. And a lot of people are too prideful to be humble. So I work with people on that a lot. Like, you know, Hey, what do you really want to say? Let's make pretend that you're getting hit by a car tomorrow and you're never going to see that person again. Dear client, dear Joe and Marie, whatever your names are, you know what? I was thinking about it. I met you nine years ago through Dr. Finkelstein. You have, I've gotten to know your family. You placed trust in me. If more advisors did that, just to talk about, you know, some of the world that you operate in, things would be a lot easier, man. Financial advisors. I saw one guy over the pandemic. He lost three clients that died. They were older clients, but they actually died from COVID in like the first year, right? They were older. And within 45 days, each of the heirs sent in, hey, send us our money. I'm transferring it to my fraternity brother. Okay. My my clients that practice. Yeah. Yeah, it could kill you. But my clients that practice connecting with people on a deeper level, getting to know the kids, getting to understand, hey, look, when mom and dad are gone, we worked for 20 years to put this together. You're not going anywhere. By the way, we're going to be the ones who deliver the life insurance check. Right. So you're not in such a rush to go anywhere. I give you a long-winded answer, but the point is the handwritten note, it's the wrong, it's the wrong um, picture, but it's a weapon of mass destruction if it's used properly. Absolutely. And so folks, listen, we are Infinity X stage and microphone with a mega power, Randy Ostro. <laughs> you know, we're talking about the power of the note, but, but f- think about this for a moment, right? One of our business partners um, and, and somebody who's a mentor in so many different ways to me, Randy, is, um, is Sean Callagy. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I know the name. I don't know him. Yeah, inc- incredible human. Um, one of the most heart-centered, if not the most heart-centered people I've ever seen in my entire life. He's incredible. And uh, he, um, you know, he, he references often um, what, you know, he calls it level five listening, 
right? And the reason he's able to uh, refer to it that way is that he is legally blind, right? And so he has to use the power of his, you know, attentiveness and really deep listening to hear messages. But he also refers to Oprah all the time. Um, I think it was like one of her last episodes, if not the last episode, where she said that she wanted to make people think or feel, I see you, I hear you, and what you said mattered. And, you know, Randy, I got to tell you that when I got that UP, I, I literally was like, this guy's different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this guy, this guy is, is, is actually that, that I cannot believe that yeah. he went and he, and he did that. And it made me feel heard. Right. And it made me feel like what I said mattered to you. Right. And I'm it was, happy. That's yeah. what I wanted. Yeah. And I thought, I, I thought I would give on, on, on the infinity X stage. I thought I would, I would share that because ladies and gentlemen, if you're in a relationship driven business and you're not doing things even as we take we take for granted, simple as writing a note, right? And 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 maintain, you know, the what that does for relationships really, really levels up. And so I, I, I want to just I I want, if I may, David, there's somebody who asked the question, did I go to camp in Maine? No, I went to camp in uh, Pennsylvania at a camp called Echo Lark. But oh. I want to tell you something, David. The other thing that's awesome is if you know that somebody has an interest in something, for example, golf, for example, red wine, for example, cooking, I go to Barnes and Noble at least once a month and I walk around the store physically and I look for coffee table books for specific um, topics. And then what I do is on the inside cover of the book, mm. you send the note, dear Jeffrey, I found this, I was thinking about you. And what ends up happening, if it's a nice enough book, um, it becomes a coffee table book, right? So now it stays in their home or in their office. And when people come in and they kind of flip through it, who's this guy, Randy? Like who, oh no, that guy, he's amazing. He's like, so the point is, I wanna pay homage to another mentor of mine by the name of uh, John Rulin, who wrote a book called Giftology. Mm. If you have not read Giftology, yes. you gotta read it. Because John, what he does is he takes what I'm talking about here, he takes it to an entirely different level that is very appropriate for a lot of scenarios. Um, but that being said, again, back to David Meltzer, it's all about being more interested than interesting. If you show up and the note says, dear David Harder, right? This is my note to you. Mm -hmm. I, 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 it's not as good, but if it's no, Hey, David, you know what? It was great speaking with you. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate what you told me about infinity X and the community that you're building. In addition, what Epic is like, like you said, I'm paying attention, man. What you said is important. And the problem is that most people are just, you know, they're busy and they think that they're too busy. And I can't tell you how many people I've encountered that say, oh, handwritten notes. Oh yeah, 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 I do that. Oh, really? Can I see one? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. no. no, what do you mean? You don't take pictures of them so you could refer back to them? Mm -hmm. No, why would I do that? Well, do you use a CRM at your office? Yeah, of course, I put my notes in there. Well, by the way, a picture of that handwritten note should go into the CRM so you could refer back and say, hey, look, what did we really talk about? You had your refrigerator leaked the last time we were talking and the plumber was coming. Next time I call, I'm asking about the refrigerator. Why? Because nobody else is doing it. Right. And that's how you become memorable, man. I had one thing. I don't even know if it still says it on my website. I think it does. But it says... Tears of joy equals a client for life. So if you could literally get someone to the point of crying because, or choked up, because what you put on that paper was so thoughtful, they're not going anywhere. I don't care what the next insurance guy has. Right. They're all, they're all buying from the same insurance companies. Mm -hmm. Who's more creative with the illustration and who knows how to explain it? 
let's call that even par. Mm -hmm. The guy who gets the client to cry from happiness, he wins the business. Sorry. And by the way, Randy, it's so interesting that you uh, that you brought up giftology. Um, yeah, I, I received that book. <clears throat> I and full disclosure, I have not had the opportunity to finish it yet. But um, I, uh, I know, I know, and you know, it's it, it's 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 on the list. Believe me. But I I got it from a, a, a fellow who used to be a regular on our show. Who, but for um, for uh, business purposes, is not able to join us on on lives any longer. A guy named Murray Bolio, and Murray, I, I just he's. You, he's incredibly unique. He's incredibly interesting, you know, and he approached myself and approached Rob um, about two years ago. And he sends us this video, right? And the video uh, message to text message, by the way, mm-hmm. um, no, uh, was a text message. Yeah, I think it was text message was uh, no, I'm sorry. It was on LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. Send it on mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Sure. It, was, it was about seven minutes long. Oh, my God. And I swear to you, I swear to you, and 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 folks, if you're using LinkedIn, yeah, do not say "Will you marry me?" when you first connect with somebody. Please, please, you know, uh, <laughs> it's 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 a bad move because that that that's a delete button right there. But for for some reason, yeah, I watched the entirety of it, right, wow. and I was intrigued by him him as a person and as a human, and you know, he shared a little bit around his experience in the army. Right. And, and, and leading men. And he saw that we were doing some things that were similar to that. And he, he, he really liked it. But I just when you mentioned giftology, shout out to Murray Bolio, wherever you are, brother. Um, Yo, I want to, I want to just show you something that yeah. I learned recently. If you have LinkedIn on your phone as an app, it's a great app, but if you go into the direct message aspect on the bottom right corner, there's a little microphone and you can leave people voice messages. And I started doing it like two weeks ago, like, hey, what's up, it's Randy. And it appears in their LinkedIn um, DM as like a little play button. People freak out. Absolutely. Two seconds. So for those of you who have LinkedIn, definitely get the app, put it on your phone. I don't think the microphone is on the desktop. I think it's only on the phone but it takes two seconds and people are like, it's like you invented fire. Like, how did he put a voicemail in my DM? And the embarrassing thing is, it's been there all along. I just acknowledge it. <laughs> we are Infinity X. Uh, Larry uh, just said he does it, or Lawrence just said uh, said he does it all the time. I love oh, good, it. good. Yep, excellent. Thank you for joining us tonight, my friend. Um, but uh, folks, we are Infinity X, stage and microphone, Randy Ostro. Um, uh, replay on we are infinity x youtube and dot com and so randy so after um you, you mentioned financial services yeah. after 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 the garment um uh, after the 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 stint in uh, new york city in the garment yeah. district yeah. um did you transition into financial services or what it was you- a five-year window in between where i was the second person into a sunglass company hmm. and it's a long story but i lived in the suburbs of philadelphia in a place called huntington valley And we grew a business from a little baby business to a business that the founder years later sold to uh, Cross, you know, Cross Pens, the company Cross, they have a division called Cross Optics Mm -hmm. and Native Eyewear was the second acquisition of Cross. We took that thing from, I don't want to say we, because I wasn't there the whole time. I was there at the early stages, but um, the founder of the company who was one of my college roommates did an amazing job. And uh, so we spent about five years in Philly and then moved down to Florida in 2000. I've been here ever since. Excellent. And so after, so after the acquisition, I would imagine, um, I, I would hope that it was, you know, it, it was uh, fruitful. Yeah. Um, but you moved at, like, from there, you moved into consulting to financial that services? Was, that was where I got into financial services. Yeah, yeah. I, I moved down to Florida. My wife was pregnant with my son, who's now 21. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do. Hmm. And a friend of mine introduced me to a man who later became my boss. And uh, his story was incredible. He got hit by a truck in 1998. Um And when I say he got hit by a truck, his body got hit, not his car. He Mm -hmm. thought he had run over 
uh, some scrap metal on the road and he got out to check his tires. And as he came around the back of the car, an 18 wheeler with the driver sleeping at the wheel hit him. Oh my God. And he woke up in Delray trauma center about, I think three weeks later, spent seven months in the hospital, 35 surgeries. They took off his left leg above the knee. Oh um, God. I met him and he gave me an opportunity to help him build out his financial services company. Uh, that was in 2000. Um, I did that. And then in 04, uh, I met the son of a father-son uh, life insurance team duo. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was when I started Australia Advisory. It was 2004. I, I established my corporation and I had one client and they were very large producers in the life insurance industry, which was a, it was kind of an easy move because the company that I was working with, with Ira was financial services. They were doing more um, annuities and things like that, yep. where the father son who I met were much more in the high end life insurance business. So uh, that was where I went and spent a lot of years beginning in uh, August of 2004. And that was originally, David, when you and I met, I was really intrigued by a lot of the life insurance discussion that I saw Rob was having on uh, LinkedIn. I thought it, his approach seemed to line up with a lot of what I taught, or not I taught, I learned in the business, but I didn't come into the business the natural way through Northwestern Mutual or right. some career right. agency, I kind of came in through a side door, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. It yeah. makes perfect sense. And so um, <clears throat> what was, what really was, what was the functionality there? What were you providing uh, to that company and how did that kind of evolve? So what happened was they were, a, 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 like I said, a father son team writing a huge amount of business uh, mostly in the South Florida area, also Beverly Hills and New York. Okay. And they were marketers, very, very aggressive marketers. The father had written seven or eight books on the subject. Um, they did a lot of newspaper advertising, radio advertising. And in the 2007, 2008 time period, even movie theater advertising, where before a movie would come on, they would run commercials. And I, I met the son actually um, through a poker game. I went to a poker game. There were 50 people there, my 10 guys from my game and four other games. And we sat um, random based on when you came in the room, they would flip a card over. And if you were the two of clubs, you were at table four, seat three. Yep, yep. P.S. I end up sitting next to the son from this father and son team. We hit it off. And, uh, you know, several months later, I made a move. I, I incorporated. I went in. But to answer your question, they were never doing direct mail. Hmm. They were doing TV, radio, newspaper. And I never understood if you're looking for such a um, specific client, why wouldn't you use targeted direct mail? And they basically said to me, look, it doesn't work for what we're doing. So I went to them with the premise, I will run the direct mail for you. It'll be my responsibility. But what comes from the direct mail, sure, those will be considered my clients mm -hmm. and we'll work on them together. And lo and behold, it ended up working out really, really nicely. I learned a lot about the life insurance business. I... I make the analogy, it's like, if you were going to be a brain surgeon, and you had the opportunity to be in the operating room for five years next to a top brain surgeon and sure. watch, yeah, I had that privilege. I sat in those meetings. I was involved in life insurance cases involving hundreds of millions of dollars. I, I, I sat through those discussions with attorneys and CPAs and affluent families. Um, it gave me an incredible insight again to relationships because anybody can sell a life insurance policy if you're licensed, how those things get put together and how they are structured for the benefit of the family. All of those things can be adjusted, but at the end of the day, people buy from people. Yep. They have to know them. They have to like them. They have to trust them. And if you don't have that, yep. 
you have nothing in my humble opinion. And, you know, uh, folks, I mean, uh, the, the golden nuggets that are being produced here this evening, I told all of you, I told every single one of you that this was going to be something buckle your seatbelt because it was going to wow. be really, really, really <laughs> value added. And thank and you. This, thank yeah. You, Randy, uh, listen, thank you. I, um, I'm likening, um, the direct mail piece, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. To, you know, today, and we'll talk a little bit about what we're doing, you know, yeah. uh, you know, from a standpoint of, 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 you know, leveraging social media, you know, yeah. because, you know, I mean, you, there's, 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 there's ways that you can do it well. And then there's people that are just posting and praying and there's a huge difference between the two, you know, yeah. but um, that, that was something that was innovative, right? It was, and by, you know, I have never heard of running an advertisement in a movie theater before that's innovation, right? I don't know what type of yield that they got off of it. I would imagine decent um, at some point. Well, let me put it to you in perspective. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The direct mail pieces that we were doing, I still have them in an archive, mm-hmm. were not the typical thing that arrived in your mailbox. Right. They were giant, oversized. You unfolded it so it was like a New York Times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They were different. They were eye-catching. I was spending at the time, I think 26000 a month on direct mail. Mm. Now, you may say, well, that sounds like a lot of money. But when you're talking about significant estate planning cases mm-hmm. you pick up one case sure. pays for the whole really, thing. and then yeah. um, absolutely right so you know again most i was very fortunate let me say it this way i was very fortunate to connect with people who understood marketing there are so many people in the business of financial services life insurance um, assets under management whatever the case may be they get trained that they don't have to spend money on their businesses the way that another business should. So if you were in the sunglass business, just to to touch on a couple of things that are close to me, if you were in the sunglass business and you did a million dollars of top line revenue, conventional thinking would say that you would spend between 10 and 15%, a hundred, 150,000, not spend, but invest it on promotion, marketing, trade shows, advertising, whatever. For some reason, when you bring that to an insurance person or even an RIA that has over a billion dollars in management, they're like, what do you mean? We don't, we don't spend money. Like, I don't get it, frankly. And, and, and again, I'm going to say I was blessed to connect with a father and son team that understood spending and investing money in the business was the way to get in front of new people to develop relationships. So the people that come into the business through Mass Mutual, North, all these beautiful, wonderful companies that have all these systems and ways of doing it, I didn't do it. I'm a fan. I'm envious because I didn't do it. I wish I had that pedigree. It's almost like my friends who are ex-military. I feel like a loser compared to these guys. These guys are disciplined beyond belief, but it's all in the execution. And and what I see a lot is that people are like, yeah, I do that. I do this. I do that. But at the end of the day, let me see. Let me see the process. Show me. Because... I work with financial advisors. I work with some insurance people. And at the end of the day, I think they're trained incorrectly to rely too much on going after new, 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 new business. As opposed to, yep. Yeah, and and I don't really get it. And I don't wanna go off on a tangent, but I think the point is, little things mean a lot, David. I totally- if If you do what you say, and you take the time to send a handwritten note to the estate planning attorney of an important client that talks about, you know, I really appreciate you. Not only will they help you to get the business done with that client, they're going to be calling you in the future because nobody else is doing it. And what, what I don't get quite frankly is why, what is everybody so busy doing? They're on Facebook. 
things that are not revenue generating activities in most cases, you know, because they, because the definition of a revenue generating activity, I think is lost in the weeds, you know? Um, and, and also, you know, again, I think Randy and correct me if, 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 if you feel differently, please let me know. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think in, in the world, in the, uh, the world that we operate in, which is, you know, one-stop shop financial wellness center, right. Solutions, uh, you know, solutions for businesses and for, for families. Yep. Um, it's, it's constantly about innovation, right? It's constantly mm -hmm. about innovation and something folks, a handwritten memo is innovative in the world that we operate in now. Right. But it's nothing new, but it's nothing right. new. Right. Exactly. So the old is new, right? It's nothing new. It's been around forever, right? But people know it's way easier to send a text. It's way easier to send a email. Yeah, but guess what? Easy doesn't win the race. I have, a, I have an old friend. I'll just tell you a quick story. He's an emergency room doctor up in Vermont. Mm -hmm. And his father is in his 80s now. And it's, it's one of the Jerry Eltman rules. Okay. When I was a kid, Dr. Jason's dad was a very smart guy. And he explained to Jason and his siblings. And because I was a friend, I got this lesson. In life, there are two roads for every decision, the easy road and the hard road. If you decide to take the easy road today, in the long run, it's going to be hard. Mm. If you take the hard road today, in the long run, it will be easy. So for all these people that want to send the direct message and the text message and make it quick and make it, thanks, THX, thanks, and I'm outski. You're making it harder on yourself in the long run. Yeah. If you believe that the relationships, listen, if you're a transactional person and you're selling mortgages, I'm using it as an example. I don't know the mortgage business or you're selling whatever, something transactional. Maybe this isn't important, but if you're in a business where you're a trusted advisor, you're an estate planning, you're a CPA, you're a, 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 a wealth manager, you're a fiduciary, you gotta be kidding me. Well, I'll tell you what, Randy, last week we had um, a, a gentleman who is doing really, really exciting things in EXP and other businesses. He's actually going to be back next week again. His name's Chris Walsh. Chris was talking about <clears throat> the 2000, uh, the, you know, really kind of the post the post 2008 time frame because he, he was operating in, in, in real estate and in mortgages. Right. And um, that was a hell of a time to be operating in that space. Right. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. he didn't actually he, his 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 the growth rate of his business didn't didn't slow any anywhere to the degree of of what um, what other folks were experiencing, because. Number one, he got involved in short sales, which I get. But as he's continued to scale, right, everything is about everything's about relationship, right? And everything is about being memorable, being repeatable. Um, and today, in one of the most competitive, competitive markets that we've ever seen in 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 real estate, right? Where homes are you know, selling in a weekend, you know, similar to what was happening in 08 for all the wrong, uh, different reasons, you know, right, right, right. Are right now, right. He is at a distinct advantage because he treated mortgage underwriters. He treated, um, you know, uh, home appraisers. He treated like human beings, like humans. That's exactly right. So you check know? this out. Okay. Yeah. You want to yeah. hear something great? I learned it a few years ago. Yeah. I used to think that there was three legs to the chair. If I used to think that if you were in financial services, insurance, money under management, okay? I thought that the three legs of the stool were prospects, clients, and centers of influence. Right. And that's conventional thinking. Yeah, yeah. There's a fourth leg and it's super important. And you just said it. If you are in the insurance business, all those underwriters that are touching every one of your files, Mm -hmm. That's the fourth leg, because if you send dear Jimmy and Mary or individual notes, right? They're at the carriers. They're at Transamerica, ING, John Hancock. They're seeing 300 files a day. <laughs> if I send a note that says, hey, Louise, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for the underwriting job that you did on the Jones file. 
I know that it was complicated because of the medical records, but I got to tell you, it's people like you that make it worthwhile doing what we do so that the client could ultimately get the best policy deal. Day, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? When your files come in, they go on to the top of the list. Right. That's the fourth leg. And I missed it for years because yeah. I was so focused on um, revenue generating activities that I overlooked the people that move those things along without them. You got squat, Jack. You got zero. Absolutely. You got squat. Sure. And a file can remain in underwriting for a very long time. Yeah. And you have zero control over that folks yes <laughs> right so those people those people to your point david they're critically important and sure. you know what's fucked up pardon my french Go for it. what's messed up is the fact that i've seen people successful people treat those people like dogs and expect oh i'm a big producer and they're gonna no they're human beings man they're human beings and you know what they have feelings and they have mothers and fathers and and spouses and who the f do you think you are right. i know you're a big producer but like chill the hell out right so i think it all comes back to the garment center it all comes back to the letters from camp man it all comes back to showing the love to the people that are important to you and by the way not to be negative because this is a very positive conversation. But one thing that I've learned is that certain people, they may not be the best way to spend time. Like mm -hmm. I have a friend who, you know, yep. every time we talk, it's the same kind of thing. And I realized, because I took a little break, I was doing some family stuff, we moved. And I kind of told a bunch of my friends like, hey, I'm going to be out of touch for a little while. And I, and I look back and I, and I reflected and I was like, this guy gets me wound up every time I talk, I'm walking my dog at seven 15 in the morning. And the next thing I know, I'm like having an argument about nothing. So I think it's equally important to recognize who might be zapping some of your energy, you know, again, referencing David Meltzer, you know, they're either going to feed you or bleed you. If they're bleeding you, you got to operate your life. Like, you know, you got you to be managing your time. Um, it's all about relationships, David. Look, you and I, we're getting to know one another. I hope in one year from now, we will have celebrated many victories together and many wins. And in the meantime, you know, we're going to share ideas, right? Um, not everybody's going to apply those ideas. You know, I get, I get a little bit uh, cuckoo because I have two kids and I like to try to provide them with wisdom. And sometimes when that wisdom is not applied to life, it's a missed opportunity, right? And I'm not saying I'm special. I've made a lot of mistakes and I continue to learn from my mistakes. But one thing I'm learning is that when you get some knowledge from being around somebody smart, you might want to apply that knowledge to put it in a journal and to put it up on the shelf I don't know. Folks, riveting. We are Infinity X, stage and mic, human excellence. The, the This conversation could go probably about three hours, but in time integrity, we only have about another eight minutes for, <laughs> for right now. But yeah. and by the way, Gary uh, and Randy, part two coming. But uh, Gary, uh, blowing up the chat. Thank you very much for continuing to attend. Gary, appreciate you. Um, listen. <clears throat> What is the Champions Council? What is this thing? What, what, the what, Talent what, Champions Council? The talent I'm, Champions I'm, wearing, Council. I'm yeah. wearing the hat right now. What, what, so, what is this? Right. What are you up to? It's awesome. So like a year, February 11th of 2021, I got a phone call from a guy that I didn't know, but I had seen his name on LinkedIn a bunch. His name is Scott McGregor. He's up in Connecticut. Okay. And Scott and I talked for like 10 minutes and he was like, dude, you got to join the TCC, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't even really know what we just talked about, but I like this guy. So <laughs> I slapped down my credit card and I paid 240 bucks and I started attending events. They have events Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays 
the Tuesday events, they typically bring in a legend. A legend is defined as anybody who leaves a legacy. There's a lot of living legends on this earth. Today, we had Kim Scott, the author of Radical Candor. It was outrageously wonderful. But I started attending the Tuesday sessions. I never went to any of the Wednesdays and Thursdays because I was just busy. And about November, because I joined in February, I called Scott and I was like, dude, what are you doing with this community? Like how many people? And I said, listen, I think that this could be way bigger and I want to help you. So I'm volunteering to do community development. I want to talk to the members. I want to talk to people who are interested in becoming members. And I want to make it the best leadership community going. And I have met so many great leaders. And if I told you the names, you'd go, no, that's not true. And I would say, yeah, here's my cell phone. All their numbers are in here. And I have the ability to reach out to them because I've shown up and I've been more interested than interesting, and I've learned, and I feel very blessed. So as of, uh, I don't know, about a month ago, I started doing community development with the members, talking to them, doing Zooms, asking them what they like, asking them what they don't like, and just trying to add value. And what I found is that most people are looking for something. And everybody's something is a little bit different, mm. but given the right community, you hear the expression, it takes a village. I've never really been a networker. I don't really like networking, especially in person. I'm like, I get a little uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, I do. I, I know. I, I, it's not my thing. Yep. But for some reason, this Zoom, this technology that we're utilizing today, it's given us the opportunity to be able to connect with people on a very real level. And at the same time, keep a little bit of safe distance. And I've met some incredible people. I have positive soundtracks in my mind all the time. And uh, the possibilities are endless. Like when I look at my calendar tomorrow and all the things that I get to do, not that I have to do, not that David Meltzer, that I get to do, yep. there's opportunities everywhere. And that's what the TCC is. I would encourage David. I know you're a member. I want you to be at as many events as you can. And anybody that has questions, I can tell you about it. It's a community of leaders built for leaders by leaders. Yep. And that's what it is. Does that answer your question or is that more of an infomercial? No, 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 no. Listen, it, it, it completely answers the question. And by the way, welcome for infomercials. This is Infinity X, right? We want to create infinite sales opportunities for folks. And if somebody attends a session of Talent Champions Council yeah, right, yeah. and gets a relationship with somebody else and they merge ecosystems and build business, there's infinite opportunity there, right? And so, you know, from my standpoint, Randy, I always want to have somebody on the Infinity X stage that is bringing something that's incredibly unique, incredibly different. We've never had anybody on the show like yourself before. And, you know, I am I'm I'm really, really, really excited to um, to to dive deeper and to 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 and (laughs) Gary just put out there true that. (laughs) But um, in all seriousness, folks, um, if you don't if you don't have proximity to to Randy, you do now. Right. It's as simple. It's as simple as, hey, don't connect with him on LinkedIn, guys. You heard what he said. Send a voice memo. Will you please send him a voice? Listen, and by the way, on LinkedIn, I'm very responsive. I tell people all the time. And this is it's kind of funny. And I think I maybe told you this, David, if you reach out to me and I don't get back to you within like six, eight hours, you got to call the police because I have OCD (laughs) and I get back to people. That's what I do. And by the way. I think that's one of the things that really set me apart. And people will go, what do you mean? You just got back to them? Yeah. But like, I live in Florida, man. And I will tell you something. Half the gardeners, I'll just use that. Half the landscapers, you make an appointment. They don't show up. It's like, what fucking planet are we living on that you're trying to earn my business? So I think if you just use a little bit of decency, and a little bit of thoughtfulness, you can win business every day, no matter what business you're in. For financial services professionals, I mean, that happens to be my background and my wheelhouse, but 
it doesn't make a difference, man. Build relationships. David, you and I, we're going to get to know each other. And, and in a year, if we do this again, the conversation will be that much deeper because we're going to build a relationship. And that's, that's, that's what this is about, man. And, and by the way, I see we're almost at time. I want to thank you for the, for the opportunity. I don't, I don't go on every podcast. People invite me all the time. And I'm like, yeah, but like, like, what's the point? Like, what are we talking about? Right. So I hope this was helpful. You said that I dropped some nuggets. I don't know that I did or I didn't. I just try to come and like have a real conversation with you. And if that can impact you or anybody else that ever sees this in the future, man, what a win that is. Knocked it out of the park, Randy. Where can they find you, by the way? On uh, right on, yeah, listen, yeah. right on LinkedIn. It's Randy, R-A-N-D-Y, Ostrow, O-S-T-R-O-W. My website is riagency.com. It's r-i-agency.com. I think, you know, my phone number, if you want my cell phone number, it's 561-302-7149. I answer my own phone. Here it is right here. If I don't pick up, I'll call you back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, this has been killer and I, and I enjoy it. And I look forward to building upon this uh, foundation that we've created here tonight. And I really thank you, David. I, I, th- I thank you, Randy. And, and folks, we are Infinity X, a stage and microphone with a legend here, Randy, uh, Randy Astrow. I, I was pronouncing it incorrectly, Randy. Oh, I'm Astro. Uh, Astro. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> Wait a second. If I'm doing that, we are getting to know one another. I'm like, if oh, I'm- good, man. <laughs> it's all good. Listen, yep. we are going to stay in touch. I thank you. And uh, let reach back anytime. Let me know what we can do. And in the meantime, I'm going to stay on top of you. We have another legend coming in next Tuesday. I'll be there. And if you can be there, I will to have you. I, I will absolutely be there, folks. We are Infinity X stage and microphone for human excellence. This has been Randy Ostrow. Replay. We are InfinityX.com. We are InfinityX YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Uh, Thank you again, Randy. It's been a true honor. And yeah. folks, and, and to all of you out there, I pray it was impossible for you not to get value from tonight, but I pray that you continue to find value in what we're bringing. We are interested in your growth and we can do it together. Yeah. Um, thank you so much again, Randy. And folks, thank, thank you, you very much for a wonderful night. Uh, until next week, guys, we'll see you on another episode of Infinity X. Thank you, David. Thanks, brother. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.